0: shake cool uh so let's start the episode uh today we're talking about ttrbgs got it cool
1: um we are
0: so um before we jump into our topic of the week uh maybe we should like check in be like you know how you been doing this week what you've been doing stuff like that
1: yeah we can do that well i've been extremely exhausted this past week because of everything with. Obviously, my uni assignment being finished and my uni year finally being over and summer setting in, I have basically been a walking zombie for the past week to the point of I've not even really been able to do much bar obviously sleep. Oh well,
0: that's that's awful. It's uh, well, you know, I've got a lot of things to say about all of that stuff, but trying to keep this show unpolitical um, as much as possible. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's- life is a pain in the ass.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it really is, especially when you've got so much to do with hardly any time for it, and it just keeps building and building and building, and then it just all hits you at once a moment, like, things start to calm down, you're like, oh, I've got a little bit of a break, no you don't, you are got to sleep it all, I'm like, thanks, buddy.
0: You ever feel like most of your life is being lived for someone else?
1: yeah i do feel like i'm in a similar like simulation sometimes
0: oh it's it's insane it's it's just like you feel completely out of control sometimes like you're you're just you're just like you exist to to entertain some sick cosmic entity
1: (laughs) some sick cosmic horror
0: yeah right (laughs) absolutely like we're all part of cthulhu's tv network
1: Absolutely perfect for this week's topic, actually.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. TTRPGs, uh, which, for uh, those of you who aren't familiar, uh, this stands for a tabletop role playing game. So, if you've ever heard of Dungeons and Dragons, one of the more famous ones, uh, that's our primary game at the moment. Uh, is, but there are many, many, many different ones.
1: Yeah, there's stuff like Iron Swarm, Call of Cthulhu. Mm there's countless even Honey heist
0: i want to play Honey heist (laughs) i watch watched people play it on youtube i want to play it
1: well talking about TTPRG, well ttrpg should i say how did you actually get to know about it and get into it
0: so well i'd heard of uh dungeons and dragons most of my life and always told myself oh i'll i'll I'll, i'm gonna play that and then that never happened and I i was in a deep deep depression um a year and a half ago, and I said to myself that like I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking play this game. So I started Googling uh, and learned more about the game, and then I found Critical Role, and I watched their like I binged their entire first season, and then I it was like I have to play, I have to play this game. This is this this is all I can think about. So I uh, I found the uh, the LFG. Uh, subreddit and uh mm-hmm. posted and responded and couldn't really get into any games so I said screw it I'm gonna run my own game I'll learn how to DM <clears throat> so I I researched a bunch of uh, different channels about how to DM I learned the basics uh, and then I posted on LFG and got dozens and dozens of hits picked out of my first group uh, and It just took off, it became all I did every day, all day. Uh, Within two months, I was running six games a week. Uh, Within four months, I was homebrewing my own campaigns. It was insane, it became my entire life.
1: Where for me, like my story's not too different to yours, but I'd heard about Dungeons & Dragons for most of my life, but the area that I live is quite secluded and rustic and rural, so a lot of people within my area don't really play D&D all that much and i started watching a youtube channel last year which is a youtube channel i've been watching for a while but they created their own basically like mini homebrew campaign throughout the first lockdown and so i started watching it and i was like oh i really kind of like this idea so i bought myself a player's handbook and the dm guide and then i started like looking for facebook groups and a guy who turned out to be my first ever dm was looking for people who wanted to learn how to play d that hadn't played before and so i was like oh i'd be really interested in this so i played a non-druid and learnt the mechanics and everything that's actually how i met mark because mark was in that group and after that the group really hit it off and we we're like yeah we want to continue this so we went on to do a homebrew campaign then descended into a bonus and it's just really stuck with me ever since like i didn't really finish descent into avernus for other reasons that i can't really get into but yeah and then last year i started doing quite a few play-by-pause server there's only one that i've really stuck with which i'm still on to this day and then sure
0: groups don't always work out
1: i started playing curse of strad last august time it was either the middle to the end of august that i started playing that and the dm of that is the person who actually gave me inspiration to start dming myself and so obviously i started dming and i've never really looked back since but i do a bit of both as you know i dm and i play yep we certainly are
0: yeah um in fact i'm a player in one of your games and you're a player in one of my games <laughs> um what do you prefer do you prefer dming which uh you're going to hear that term a lot today Uh, It means Dungeon Master. Uh, It's uh, the person who is running the Dungeons & Dragons game. The more generic term is GM, or Game Master. um, Or MG, Master of Games, is another common uh, way to say it. Uh, So it's basically, uh, these things are usually... One person kind of builds the world, runs the game, makes the... makes all the the world and and NPC decisions, and then the players all just play their specific characters. Uh, What do you prefer? Do you prefer playing or running? A bit of
1: both for different reasons, but if I had to select one, it would definitely be playing, because obviously as the DM or GM, you know the general direction that the story's going. Where, as a player, yeah, you may have your theories, but it can take you in a completely different direction. And that's what I like most about it. Like, for example, with, obviously, your campaign, Yintou. Some of the things that you've thrown at us, I really did not expect at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, the whole thing with Candace. Oh, that's,
0: that's such a compliment.
1: Like, yes, I knew she was strange, but I didn't realize how strange she was. And you know me, I'm pretty good at that sort of thing. <coughs> But, yeah, that's, like, the thing that I love the most.
0: For me, I like both. I like playing and I like yumming, But I like running the game way more. Uh, and it's probably because I'm a bit of a control freak. As you've learned uh, doing projects with me, um, I'm obsessive and picky. You definitely are. <laughs> um, and having and having that, that kind of control um, uh, feels good for me. But also, I love creating. I love world building, and so being a a DM and running a game and building a world is a a really great creative outlet for me.
1: So what's your favorite part about being a DM? Would you say it's like the world building, the map creation, the storytelling?
0: Oh, I hate map creation. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) Uh, That's why I started hiring people to do it, because it's, it's a pain in the butt. Uh, but, um... For me my favorite part about dming is telling a story it is it is about setting uh, cogs in motion um and letting the players unravel the for- stories for themselves and be surprised like the moment when they when they realize something that's been there all along um is is what i live for
1: where for me I love telling the story but I like catching my players off guard and like the moment they realise like as countless people who are my players say Mm. like I always go for mind fuckery over physical fuckery and that's the way that I prefer to do it because I like my players to really get into it and get into their characters and feel like it is the escape that they need because I mean come on, most people who play games whether it's tabletop Mm. or other games, nine times out of ten it's to de-stress and get away from reality for a little bit. So that's why I like to take my players to a different world where they're a different person.
0: Yeah. Your games are really engaging. Um, it's like you'll be playing and you think you'll understand what's going on and then you'll hit them with a twist and they'll realize or we'll realize as one of the players uh, that they didn't. That what they thought was going on is not what's going on. And then later they'll learn that they still didn't have the bigger picture um, and it just keeps like the perspective keeps broadening and like by the end of a session we realize how little we knew before the session um, it, it's, it's really interesting playing in your games
1: that's why like I'm really excited for our next session because obviously you're unable to attend yesterday but yesterday was mainly like a uh party, so to speak, but during that party, there was this whole scene where, can you remember the scene in Pocahontas when they're all sat around the fire and like all the clouds come up and it's like all the figures in silhouettes?
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I basically did something like that with Tegan, the half-elf cleric. Oh, okay. So they're all sat around the campfire talking like through ghost stories, so she throws like this powder into the campfire and That's telling the rumored story of Jasper, which for those who are listening who aren't my players, Jasper is basically my party are trying to find the truth behind what happened to Jasper Wright, because supposedly he's been murdered. So they're trying to find the truth for it to come out. So they were learning about who he was.
0: And don't worry if you are listening and you don't understand uh, what we're talking about. It's fine. There are uh there are many stories being told in different games uh a lot of them might be pre-written some of them might be homebrewed which is what we call it when you make up your own content um we, we definitely don't expect all of you to follow the specific story stuff we talk about um, so don't feel i hope you don't that doesn't make you feel like uh you're 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 lost
1: exactly
0: sorry i just wanted to say that. <laughs>
1: And it's one of them things, like yesterday when they were sat around the campfire, they learned that from a young age, Jasper had always been interested in the arcane, but more specifically, experimenting. And this monster, he... Well, he didn't exactly create it, because it is a homebrew monster created by Matt Mercer, who is the DM of Critical Role. But he found a way to recreate mm-hmm. in history and AR is obviously, like, a really big, powerful arcane society from the past. And they learned that he created an Aeorian nullifier. So, next session, obviously, when you go to the next location, that's always going to be in the back of the character's minds. Are they going to come across this nullifier?
0: I, Buster, my character, has not been there in a while, because the last time he was there... He opened a trap door and found zombies.
1: And he also found a head that was in a barrel.
0: Yes. Yes. It's uh, it it, it it's, it's been a crazy uh, game. Uh, and, and some of them are, are quite disturbing. Some of them can get really gory. Uh, but they don't always have to be. Um, I, I, I tend to run things less on the gory side. Um, but... I still like to have visceral, shocking moments uh, that that offer the players uh, opportunity for character growth uh, and trauma. Trauma is always fun uh, when it's a game and not in real life.
1: Yep, especially last session, who Jess and Anila were traumatized completely.
0: Yeah, we had a major character uh, pass in the game. As a, as a player uh, had to leave the game uh, their character passed away it was it was hard on the, on, the, on the party
1: but talking about like memorable scenes and things like that out of all the time you've been DMing what is the one scene you're the most proud of? Mm-hmm.
0: oh gosh the one scene I'm most proud of um that's tough that's uh, I was not prepared for this question um let's see <laughs> I mean everything I've done has some mistakes in it and so like every time I think oh that's the one I like the most go, yeah but then this happened uh <laughs> you know
1: um well right now what's the one scene that sticks out in your mind from DD? my
0: my personal favorite moment I guess that I created uh, was when my players met L'Oreal. Um he's one of my favorite characters to roleplay he, so he's this, this unicorn that was trapped in a, a prison world just F- uh, tr- tr- try to follow along here uh, and um, he's been there so long uh, uh, that he was basically revered as a god by the people there Um, and uh, unicorns being celestial beings have certain celestial powers and when they're in their own forest, um, it gives them even more power uh, and so like he was turning people into Azamar, which are, uh, angelic humans, um but he is, while he's generally a good character he comes off incredibly dark and twisted um and creepy, and he doesn't know it. He just is it. I love playing him, and everybody else hates him, <laughs> which is perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely comes off like that. He's a he's a vegetarian, but he's got a weird shaped horn um, that's more like a blade than a than a than like a, a cylinder, like a point. So he's got this obsession with like slicing up meat and carving up meat. And so right now he's. He's uh, settled into the city as a butcher, uh, but he's a total, like, uh, sweetheart. He cares about people. He, he cares very deeply about people, and he, you know, he's a, he's a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. He's, he's, he's a good person, but he just comes off really creepy. <laughs> Who's your favorite character that, that I've introduced in Yinto? In really?
1: Carl. Koro is my yeah Koro I don't know what it is it's just Uh, the whole scene that him and my character had just really made me giggle and it's been one of my favourite scenes so far in Tao. there's obviously a few others but that one there is he has to be my favourite character
0: Um, so Koro is a little owl man Uh, think of like a Like a puffball kind of owl, about three feet tall. And uh, he's a... He's a Fletcher. He makes arrows and bows. But... uh, He makes the majority of his money um, by setting up a target range uh, where people can test their skills uh, for money. Uh, If they hit the target, they double their money. If they don't, uh, he keeps it. Uh, What makes his range different than others is that... He's the target. Uh and he wears a shield on his back, like a one that's bigger than him, uh and uh he when Kirby's character first met him um I decided that they had some history because she was an archer and she rolls really high all the time. So Cora would not let her play the game <laughs> because he was tired of losing his money there. <laughs>
1: It was just the way that you were just like, no, 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 no. It was just so funny. (laughs) Because, like, her moon moon with, like, Anilla had tried, and she doesn't get anything, bless her, and then, like, Jeff just goes over, and Cora's like, no, not you. You're not allowed.
0: No. Not again.
1: (laughs) But, like, my favourite character... Like, seen that I think I've ever DM'd before mm. has to be the end of last session.
0: Oh man,
1: obviously, you weren't there to see it, but like, as the night fell and it was drawing to a close, the bard started playing a little bit of music. And Dr. Crow, who's played by Harvey, goes over to Carven, who's played by our beloved Mimi, mm-hmm. and he asks her to dance. No. So it's just like these this Kenku and this birdman dancing for like half an hour and it was just so sweet because Step was there obviously because we do video campaigns and he was there a son and he was just like drinking his I think it was like ale or something like that. Just watching and it was just such a tender moment even though nothing was being said.
0: That's really sweet. I love moments like that.
1: Where for me, I think my funniest moment... Actually, I'm going to ask you what your funniest moment has been between two characters. Oh, more than two characters. No, I already know what mine is. I just want to know if i was doing the exact same thing.
0: Oh, okay. So I have to think on the spot while you have time to mull it over.
1: <laughs> we'll do it that you've DM'd first and then that I've
0: DM'd. Uh, funniest moment that I've DM'd or funniest moment that you've DM'd? Okay. Uh, for me, the funniest moment. Oh man. I throw a lot of jokes in, so that's tough. Um, for me, I had the most fun. Uh, we had a, we had a character named Bra, and when he met his grandfather, Bra. Yeah. Uh, and they just went back and forth, bro bro-ing and bro each other for 20 minutes, was- I was dying. Um, and then that joke carried on forever. Uh, anytime someone said one of their names, they'd both go, <laughs>
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> Where for me, mine also includes Bra, but it's the night that Jess and Bra had their first kiss, and it's not actually anything to do with Jess and Bra, it's- the scene between Derek and Brat in the nursery when they're just like in the back cupboard getting high. Mm. <laughs> and then like all you see is these two like people who are like so against each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because obviously they both have feelings for Jess in different ways. They go towards the bakery and Jess is like oh shit I need to get there before chaos like goes and then she's just Stood there at the door, drinking alcohol, and she just slides down the door. (laughs) And now, what's your, like, funniest memory from With
0: Dead? Oh, gosh. Uh, okay. Um... (laughs) I was dying, uh, when the Koch brothers showed up. (laughs) (laughs) That was little. Yeah, Harvey just left the table. (laughs) He was so done with our bullshit. (laughs) That was so good. Oh.
1: Yep, yeah, that's my favorite memory as well from it. It's just, just Harvey's reaction.
0: <clears throat> Which is, by the way, a, a high fantasy uh, world, not not like a modern one or anything. So <laughs> she had to figure that out.
1: So for those who don't know what we're really talking about, uh, Xander plays a halfling rogue by the name of Buster in my campaign, and I always get my players to send me a secret. So Xander being Xander, he sends me the secret that Buster stole the Coca-Cola recipe. So I had to think of some way to incorporate that into the story. So they...
0: (laughs) Sorry, Harvey, but it was too funny.
1: So they were walking along like this jungle path heading towards a village. When they got ambushed by two elven males... And these elves were called Cork and Cola. And the moment that I said uh, that, that I've
0: ever had one camera.
1: of my okay. players by the name of Harvey, who plays the artificer Doctor Craw, throws his headset down, stands up, walks away from the camera, and comes back five minutes later in an orderly. Oh gosh, this is terrible. He, he was, was just done.
0: Some trouble, but I, don't care. Um, I was playing a game called Wyvern Steep.
1: I could not resist that. And now, as a player, what's your favorite thing you've ever had your character do?
0: And um, me and another character uh, had been kind of feuding uh, for a while and we, uh, we were offered the opportunity to sort of shake hands and call truce. Yeah. Uh, and and <laughs> the moment um, the other character's hand touched mine, uh, my character cast a spell uh, called Banish.
1: I know exactly where this one's going.
0: Which popped her into. We were. Uh, I should preface this as we were on a moving ship on the ocean. So, what the spell does is it pops you into uh, a pocket dimension for one minute and then pops you back out to the exact place you left so a minute later the boat had gone way away from where she was when she popped out so when she came back it drops her into the middle of the ocean <laughs> and everybody on the boat's freaking out because she just disappeared <laughs> um but like I, we had a we had a, a water elemental buddy that was following us around and i i made sure he went and got her and made sure she was safe it was just a prank but uh that was for me that was hilarious they didn't appreciate it very much but i did
1: <laughs> where for me i'm stuck between two moments so i'm gonna name both. Sure. the first one is when we'd recently arrived in Balaki within curse of strad and my character aurelia who you've met mm-hmm. she'd gone to this orphanage because they were trying to find some like bones that had been stolen And as they go, they notice that there's this devilish presence. And so they do a little bit of investigation to find out that there's this shadow demon lurking within the attic that had attached itself to one of the children. And we notice that every single time it would go into shadow, it would start healing itself. So I was thinking to myself, how can I stop this from happening? I cast daylight on it so it could no longer hide.
0: Hmm. That's clever.
1: And... My second favourite moment is with Aurelia again, but it's not because of what happened, it's because of your reaction. Uh-oh. So I've been guest starring in one of Xander's games that were coming towards an end. It was supposed to be two sessions from the end. It ended up being the final session because of myself. So I come in as Aurelia again because it was a Monday and I was due to play Curse of Strahd that evening. and. Everything's running smoothly and then we're supposed to go towards this final boss battle which is a sorceress and her hellhound pet. So my character runs over after this hellhound seriously injures most of the party and she slaps it on the nose calling it a bad dog and she casts Inflict Wounds at level 5 which is a spell and so I roll the dice and I get what's known as a critical hit which actually means on an attack that you double your damage. So the damage that I could deal maximum was 50. No, sorry, 70 because it was 5, uh, 7d10. And because I rolled a critical, the damage is obviously doubled. I rolled max damage. That hell hand was just gone. And all you saw was Xander just, he was done with it. He was like, okay.
0: (laughs) This was supposed to be like the big final encounter for them and um it was uh it was done in two seconds. <laughs> <like>, Alright. <laughs> Last time I ever bring a guest onto my game.
1: And then the time that I Yeah. <laughs> that, that... <Four> <laughs> then I banished Ken. <laughs> that was another funny thing. Sorry, Ken, if you're listening. But talking about D&D what is your plans for the future obviously we can't give mm. spoilers in regards to our campaigns because right. we are both players in each other's campaigns but
0: well <clears throat> um, I've got one D&D game currently running and that's gonna be my last one
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, when 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 the mystery of Yento ends uh, I will be running no more D&D uh, that being said I still want to play our, our TTRPGs. so um, in the future I am considering uh, three options. I'm working on my own system, which is not ready yet, but it it will be. Uh, And I would like to run some games using that system. Uh, I would also like to do some guided Iron Sworn games, uh, which is a system I far prefer over D&D.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And I am also considering maybe running some... uh, paid games in that case it would either be iron sword or DD um because i have i have a bunch of stuff for both resources uh even though i i dislike D as a system not that there's anything wrong with it it just uh it, it i find it lacking uh in its tool set for the way i like to play and the kind of stories i like to tell but it's really popular and there's a lot of players that know it, like it, or want to learn it. So if I'm going to play any D&D games or run any DD games in the future, they're probably going to have to be paid games.
1: That's fair enough. Like for me, obviously, you already know that I'm creating my own homebrew campaign, which dependent on how many more sessions speak with Deadlass, I'm aiming for around seven more sessions. Hmm. And after that, Dependent on how things go, because Steph will no longer be able to do a Monday. Aww. I may switch to Saturdays and run my homebrew campaign that may potentially be streamed. Dependent if it's done by then.
0: That's awesome.
1: If not what...
0: But I can't play Saturdays.
1: If not, what I'm thinking of doing is doing a module. Just to break up the time and just really going from there and seeing where things go because i love my dm style and the way that i do it but i'm very picky with modules at the same time i like it where it's a bit more sandbox so i can throw my own twists and turns in
0: yeah a lot of them can be railroady
1: and a lot of them yeah a lot of them like oh you about to go from a b c d and it's just like oh there's no point in doing this
0: i ran a module like that four games a week for six months and I I hated it. (laughs) It's the same thing over and over and over again.
1: I don't think I could ever do that. Which is why I'm aiming more for homebrew because this will be my first ever full homebrew campaign. Because obviously elements of my games are homebrew as they are but it's going to be my first full homebrew campaign.
0: Have you ever played any games outside of D&D?
1: Bar Iron Swan which obviously I played with myself. I've only played that once. I have watched Call of Cthulhu, which I'm seriously debating learning because Call of Cthulhu just seems so good. And I love, like, the cosmic horror element to it, so I'm thinking of teaching myself that. Um,
0: Yeah, I definitely want to play Call of Cthulhu's Cthulhu... Cthulhu. Words are hard, folks. Uh, Cthulhu... Cthulhu. Um, Call of Cthulhu. Learn that, and then run a... uh, Uh, a cock game for me.
1: Yeah. Because that's what I'm hoping to do, is just like, really learn about it and start with everything.
0: I really want to play more Ironsworn games. Um, It's hard to find people that want to play them, though.
1: Where for me, I'm like, because I'm so new to d &D, because I've only been playing just over a year, I love the system so much that I don't think I could change right now because I've been obviously developing the system for myself because as it states the rules within D&D are just guidelines not official rulings so I like to be able to develop my own way of doing it
0: yeah I mean most DMs have their own set of homebrew rules and stuff that they they play with Uh, D&D does allow for a lot of modification. Uh, which is great
1: exactly uh
0: personally though uh my my biggest gripe with D&D is that um at its core it's a combat game um most of its mechanics are combat focused yeah which and i i want to play a game that's more social oriented more storyline driven and less about like i I hit thing hard
1: exactly, because that's why I like to make my stories different, because, as you know, like me and you both focus on the roleplay aspects over combat. but sadly, that's not for everybody because there's a lot of players out there who just specifically want to do combat. They don't want to do the RP side of things and develop the characters,
0: yeah. Uh, i I really. Like, I mod D&D... Right. Or modded D&D so hard that I started writing my own supplement called XD&D. um, And it, it was so modded that it was almost a different mm-hmm. system.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: Uh, and so, like, recently I had to make some difficult decisions about uh, where I'm going to focus my time. Yeah. And I, I, I had to let go of XD&D. It was just... It was... It was not push- it was a project that wasn't pushing towards the goals I wanted to achieve. Uh, fixing d d is not something I care enough about. Um, I want to build my own system, uh, and so that's where I really want to focus my energy.
1: Because I've got another question for you, so out of all your time Dming, mm-hmm. who is like your favorite character that you've ever had as a player? Obviously you don't have to go into reasons why. But if you had to choose one that really stuck out that you weren't expecting from that character, who would it be?
0: Not... not a chance. Uh, some of my players listen to this show and I'm not picking (laughs) favourites.
1: No, I'm not meaning, like, picking favourites. I'm about just, like, party wise. Like, out of the parties that you've done, like, what character developments have you enjoyed the most seeing as a party, if that makes sense?
0: Um... Honestly, on... The character I... I tell you this. The character I miss the most right now... Um... Was from one of my earlier games. Uh... A character by the name of Yaruki. Uh... Yeah, uh... And... She was a... An orc.
1: I know exactly what character you're meaning.
0: Who was raised by halflings. Um, who was a barbarian. Uh... Who then became a cleric and it was a really interesting arc I I, I really loved the, the the character choices that step made the voice uh, he does for the character she she was the heart and soul of that group uh, and I, I miss that character so much
1: where well, for me, my favorite character. Like, I'm mainly using past, not present, because I haven't decided when it comes to present stuff. Has to be the Changeling Bard. He was known as Ra, as I call him, because I can't pronounce his full name. And his whole idea was basically PC Barnum from Greatest Showman. He was looking for the Greatest Show. And when he had found that, basically, he was going to die.
0: (laughs) What an interesting guy.
1: And it was just like... It was just such a funny concept but characters that i play with right now i love all the characters that are in the parties with me there's not one single person that i don't like like anilla for example i class her as like jesse's little sister mm. where in obviously barrel Maze when that goes ahead like Vinny and talia they have like this rivalry going on and then we've just got this new character, Pastor Best, and he's just hilarious. He's the only person who's ever been able to break me out of character, and you know how in character I got.
0: <laughs> yeah, you get really into character. You've cried multiple times like real tears. Yep. Uh, which is fantastic. Uh, uh, Role playing is a, a, a big deal. Uh, for me, I mean, not, not every game requires you to, to get into character and roleplay, but I like players who roleplay a lot um, as I get really into my NPCs as well. Um, so I really appreciate that. Who's, the, who's your favorite character that you've ever played?
1: Oh, that's a difficult question.
0: It's like choosing between your children.
1: I actually have to say Jess because nice. how she's so dynamic. And especially like the storyline she's going down at the moment. Obviously, I can't reveal too much because mm-hmm. only Xandra and I know what direction she's going. It's going to be so different to everything I've ever played before.
0: Mm, I'm excited for that.
1: And I just love like how much she's changed already because she's definitely not the woman she was when she came in. When she came in, she was so foot forward you had to get this done you had to do that and then obviously Roswell passed and she had to stand up she had to step up and be the leader she was supposed to be and yes there's been trauma along the way for her more so than ever right now because the character that died last session was Jessalyn's partner so right now she's not only dealing with her first ever true loss But it was the first person she'd ever truly connected with and obviously because of the direction that we're taking it's just gonna be really interesting to see where her story leads
0: yeah i have plans for her
1: (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know why the one story i am really looking forward to develop like to watching really come out is Anilla's.
0: oh yeah she's got a lot of mystery i don't know how much she's told you about her character but there's a there's a there's a lot of mystery to her her character, uh, that as far as I know, is yet to be unveiled.
1: There's a lot of like there's a lot of things that I've picked up on as me, but Jess is completely clueless. Yeah. And that's the way I like it, because I like playing a clueless character even though I know things. Oh I love playing a dumb character.
0: Oh, it's so much fun. So <laughs> I like that's why I like playing Buster so much i just get to be a a bumbling fool for a couple hours and it's great
1: so who's your favorite character you've ever played
0: Hmm, that's difficult because as a player um i only have a few characters i i really care about but as a dm like i role play a lot of characters (laughs) like a lot of characters yeah um
1: well, we'll say it overall then. All right.
0: Overall, I love Derek. I like being Derek.
1: Derek is my babe. I love my Derek.
0: <laughs> Derek is just the average guy. Like he is, he is. There's nothing special about him. He's just a, a a decent guy who does, who has a dark job like uh you know he he's a rogue who deals in oddities and he smuggles and like but he's but he's not a bad person uh, as a person he's a decent guy but and he, but he's he's not smart but he's he's street smart you know what i mean yeah uh so like he's fairly like oblivious and dumb but he, he he's really like he's really good at like knowing what the hell's going on around him he's very very aware and I, I love playing Derek. Uh, I, I have a lot of fun with that character, and I, and I love doing his voice because it's so ridiculous and over the top and, and silly.
1: And that will actually bring our episode here to a close. So obviously, before we wrap up, we'll yeah give our shout out to Viking God of Games, who was our question of the week last week, and the question that I asked last week was what topic would you like to be featured here on HM and we only actually got one response so well done cookie so his response was he'd like to know what places around the world we'd actually like to visit if we didn't have to worry about time or money so maybe in a couple of weeks we could do a travel episode or something like that Zonda, if you'd like
0: oh yeah absolutely Uh, I I could spend a whole episode answering that question actually but uh, I want to give just a quick answer, and then we can talk about, in another episode, the details. But I there are two places I want to go. Iceland and Ireland. Uh, I'm fascinated with those places.
1: Yeah. Where, for me, if I could go to anywhere in the world, it would have to be somewhere in Scandinavia. Ooh, yeah. I just love the history and the culture, and I'd just love to go there. so pretty. And... For those who are on our Discord server, you already know that there has been a change to comment of the week. So, question of the week this week has actually been decided by Viking, who won last week's selection. So, he would like to know what draws you to certain things like food, smells, colours, people, places, and why you should like more things about yourself. So, that's a really good question, which will be placed in our question of the week this week so as you all know our podcast has got a patreon now so feel free to have a look at patreon.com forward slash hazardous minds podcast so feel free to check us out there as well as our social medias and did you want to give our social media links
0: uh i yes absolutely um so you can find us at uh twitter uh, uh at uh h h m underscore cast on instagram at hmcast, uh on facebook uh as uh hazardous minds podcast uh and you can email us if you like at hazardousmindspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com uh, please uh if you're listening uh come hang out with our community in the discord server you could join by uh going to discord.link slash hazardous minds uh if you can support us on patreon for exclusive content if you can't that's fine uh, you can still help the show by sharing it with others and uh, reviewing us on your podcast app. So give us the that five stars or whatever you think we're uh, we're worth, and that really helps the show grow.
1: And without further ado, we'd just like to say thank you for listening and tuning into this week's episode, and have a good week, y'all.
0: Bye now.